0: Goal is make sure that that you know who's coming to the site. What are their pain points? What are they looking for? The next part of that, and what we work with our clients on, is is that all the questions those users would have, and understand that it, it does become a conversation.
1: Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today we're talking about an increasingly important topic, lead generation, branding. How do you enhance and expand your web presence in a world that just dashed into an even more virtual marketplace than this time last year? To help us, we have with us Ray Van Hills, Director of Client Results for Yoko Consulting. Ray, thank you for your time and
0: welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here.
1: All right. So before we jump into the topic of day, we like to start with a question, just get people to get to know you a little bit better. And I changed it up, obviously, since the world's kind of changed. (laughs) But As a result of the increase from this work from home over the last few months, what's one of the things you've reconnected with that you were passionate about, but hadn't focused on before more time at home allowed it to happen?
0: Yeah, uh, great question. Um, So back in the day when I had hair, I played piano. I actually (laughs) played piano all through school and through college is what kept my GPA above anything worthwhile in college. And uh, then I stopped playing. So I've reconnected with playing piano, uh, jazz piano particularly, uh, taking some online courses through a website called Open Studio, and also reconnecting with music theory, diving into... So, you know, chord structure, song structures. And uh, for people that are into music, I highly recommend a guy named Rick Beato with a series called What Makes This Song Great. And he breaks down all these awesome songs. And he dies a little bit into the theory, but the recording behind it is just perfect music nerd. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. Everybody needs a creative outlet. So, I mean, that's, yeah. uh, that's awesome. I love music. Can't play to save my life, but uh, I, I definitely am a huge, huge music fan. Yeah. All right. So, let's set some context here. Change is kind of a norm, at least it has been before COVID. Now it's even kind of highlighted as even more of a constant. But now that we're in this situation, websites have always kind of been a source of. Of conversation between sales and marketing in terms of what is the ultimate function and structure right and now the world's a little bit different so how has the current environment changed the way companies should look at and think
0: about their web presence so historically I think a lot of our clients view their website and a lot of salespeople viewed the websites as a brochure yeah and it's like it's a thing I need to have to say that I'm a real company And, um, you know, and I need to have a good-looking one to say that I'm a really good-looking real company. The opportunity, though, of what's happening in our environment is now the websites, because we can't get out to meet face-to-face with people, because people are spending more time doing that research, the website has become even more important to the sales cycle. We are seeing across all of our clients, while some traffic trends are down, the engagement on the sites is up. Nice. So. Prospects are coming in and spending more time, looking through more information, discovering more about the companies they want to do business with, or learn from, or work with. And um, the website—it's it really—it's your first salesperson, that it's your BDR that yeah. has that call. And it's it, and as I like to say, it's 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 the BDR that works twenty four hours a day and doesn't ask for overtime. <laughs>
1: If that is true. That is true. Especially as sleep patterns change because I know exactly. I've been doing some weird surfing at weird hours of the, of the <laughs> night. So when they start to think about this, how do they decide what should or shouldn't be on the website? I mean, I have, I've I spent some of my career in marketing and it was always a, a conversation. Should this be on? Shouldn't it be on? Now it's even more important in, in order to drive that engagement to be that BDR. How do companies figure it out?
0: So that, that, that's a great question. And there's a key word you had in, in that question of conversation. One of the things, so one of the first things we do when we're working with a client on a content strategy is first, obviously from a, so there's a content perspective, but first we do the personas and we say, okay, who are the users? What are they coming to the site? So let's actually get out of ourselves and our own prejudices and our own processes. And I think that's, it's a natural thing to think, that, oh, I know best because I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm the expert, so I know what these people want. So, we work with our clients on developing user personas and sales personas. And I could go on for hours about that. But the, real, the, the goal is make sure that, that you know who's coming to the site, what are their pain points, what are they looking for. The next part of that and what we work with our clients on is, is that all the questions those users would have and understand that it, bec- it does become a conversation. So, what level do they understand? what are the topics that they're looking for and you can you might say it's um you know think about 101 201 301 type content we actually break content down into what we call a conversation spectrum and we base it of uh, categories of oblivious curious (laughs) oblivious curious intrigued invested and converted nice So oblivious is i just have a problem how do i solve this problem right you know Curious, oh, this is interesting. There might be a solution to that. Tell me more. How does this really work? Why should I buy from you and then ultimately buy? So, just and and so as you look at your website and as you look at the journey through your website as people are solving information, it's a matter of making sure have you answered those questions and look at the journey of how someone is coming in. What you will typically find is an oblivious question will be coming in off of a A Google search, probably into one of your blog posts. So um, I was actually just looking, working on this with a client this morning around the concept of a knowledge management system. What is a knowledge management system? And our page is ranking. We actually ran the numbers this morning. We got them on the page one of Google. And that's great. And it's coming into a blog post. So the next thing is, so okay, now I've told you what a knowledge management system is. What are the ways you would use it? Why would I use it and look at like can we link to that next step in the conversation right. and, and guide the person through it? So that ultimately when we're ultimately leading to a conversion form and we've pre-qualified that user, that that prospect, even more by following their journey and seeing what they've what they've read, what they've taken a look at. And we can have a more real conversation instead of educating from the beginning of going through that. And that's that role of the website to, to educate, inform, and then to start to convert.
1: Yeah. And there's, and there's a balance in each of those five categories from oblivious to, to converted that you talk about. There, there's a balance of depending on what phase I'm in, what information is going to resonate the most with me? What, do I Am I looking for truly just information about the company and or the offering or am i looking for something that's going to continue to challenge my thinking Mm -hmm. like thought leadership or blog posts or things like that is there a balance and and my head goes is there a mathematical ratio but that's bs that's a bs question (laughs) so but but if you think about each of those those areas is there a balance that you see like if they come in oblivious into a blog post is the thought leadership driving them more is that really what's resonating more and then as they go through it becomes more informational and self-qualifying information about the company is there a balance there that you see that that companies should be aware of
0: yeah i i think it depends on the level it's within the industry it depends on the level of expertise and familiarity of what it is you do so in particular if it is an industry where this is a known thing. This is what people do. Like let's take marketing automation as, a, as an example. It's a pretty mature product. Yep. That'd be a good example of like a best practice how to optimize it. In my case with knowledge management systems with my clients, that's a pretty new concept for a lot of the people that they're talking to and their prospects and that they're selling to. So that is a little bit more of that informational. And so, and in that informational approach, I look at it, a really good analogy, is the videos on YouTube about how to fix your dryer, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm sure we've all had this experience of like, oh, I can fix this. I'm handy. I have tools. I'm going to watch a few videos. I'm going to pull the whole thing apart. And in half an hour, I'm going to bang my knuckles and say, F it, I'm calling someone to fix it, yeah, right? right. <laughs> in a lot of ways, your, your how-to posts, your how-to content is similar. Like, hey, I'm, I'm willing to share with you how, how to do this. And here's some best practices. But when you need help, we're here to help you and make it a lot easier, you know, is one range. And then as you get deeper, then you start bringing in that thought leadership and that experience of like, here are the trends and things that people see. So two different approaches depending on what you're selling and, and your industry's maturity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you set it up correctly, I gotta believe that the journey through the website, that conversation, that, that educational process, as it happens, should ideally, if structured correctly, help the individual self qualify so when they hit that submit button the Mm -hmm. inside sales team or the SDR whoever's getting it should have something that is more qualified in terms of conversion rate or intent to buy is that fair
0: that's totally fair and in in particular if you're using any decent modern marketing automation platform, HubSpot, Marketo, etc., that has tracked that user's journey, you'll see what page, you'll see what query they came in on, you'll see what pages they viewed and as they went through, and that really does help that first conversation be more authentic because right. you understand instead of starting off with the you know oh tell me all about you you understand that they came looking for a problem, they came looking to solve an issue, and you can immediately jump to the solutions and how can i help and that's a real conversation that you're alleviating some emotional distress on the person right absolutely and and it it makes the process a lot easier
1: yeah all right perfect and so all right so there's the graphic side of it there's the journey there's the information but then there's also the seo side of it which is like that unseen filter Um, Mm -hmm. but it's critical i mean and and the, the search engines I like there's more than one but I mean there is more than one but everybody's pretty much using we Google. write for Google <laughs> so and we've had some people design suggest on the show that you need to design the website for Google first mm-hmm. because they crawl the site in different ways but how do you recommend or work with companies to ensure that they're striking that balance because if you're just designing for a machine you often use the lose the human element of that conversational approach what's the balance there help us understand that a little bit
0: Yeah, we actually, um, I, I flip it around. I design for the people first and make sure that that's real and then go back and say, what is Google doing? How are things looking? And maybe we move some things around because the reality is all of Google's changes in their algorithms are geared towards how can I make Google act more like a human? Yep, and that's that's really where they're going. So if we if you engineer for what is Google doing today, and they write and they change the algorithm in two months, then like you're gonna have to go back and do that again.
1: Right, absolutely. You know?
0: And you can really see that in in the bounce rate if you're Google Analytics of like did someone come in and they're like oh you know this is not appealing to me, and boom they're out. I mean so yeah you got them on you got them through search, but they didn't they didn't convert <laughs> right. right? Let's, let, let's actually get them in, and, and there's some subtle ways you can make some adjustments within the copy and within your landing pages okay. to make sure that they're Google-friendly. For example, you know we had a case where it's like all we had to do was pull a, a key phrase that was down in the lower part of the page, just pull it up to the top and put it in block quotes, and just simply doing that, and, and it was graphically pleasing, and it, was, it read well for search, and we moved that page up in search that way. Wow. But the rest of the page, it was still written for the human that's coming in looking to find that information.
1: Yeah. It's gotten so complex. I remember, I mean, maybe I'm dating myself and, and those that aren't seeing the video because we are looking at each other. I like to joke that these are platinum highlights in my go yeah. goatee. <laughs> I remember, man, I remember back in the day when it was just, you know, WordPress slapped something up. Like it was, it was relatively simple. It has gotten so complex, not only because it's just one part of the digital journey that someone may have with a brand and or a company, but all of the technology and all the elements that go into it just moving a phrase from the bottom to the top—I mean, that's a level of detail that I'm—I'm mm-hmm. gonna bet many are not spending that kind of time looking at. Which is one of the advantages of working with a firm like Yogo, right? Like, right? Because then you have people that that do this for a living that have that expertise. You're not looking at a YouTube video and banging your knuckles on the code. You're call just call right away and get the help. Because I mean, it's—I remember when it was easy, and it's just not easy.
0: It's—it's it's, it's not easy anymore, and—and and there's. I, I think the thing to remember is, if we can, if we can say that a, ro- a robot is being authentic, and people like that, that's really what Google's trying to do. Um, I saw in a uh, presentation with Matt Cutts, who used to be at Google, he, was, he ran the spam team, and he said, Google wants to return the best results. That's, that's what we're engineering to do so but there's those nuances of paying attention and seeing how patterns work across multiple sites sure that gives you, that gives you that insight of being able to say oh well let's do this and make that improvement and track it over time and yeah. it's not it's not the sexy work of marketing it <laughs> is blocking it's blocking and tackling yep it's but it's and now, now it's really now is the time to do this we're in we're in a lull of waves yeah within this crisis you know we've gotten these first couple months of, holy crap, the market's bottomed out, but people are going to start figuring out their new normal. The patterns are going to start to merge back in. Now is the time to be investing in the, what do my landing pages look like? Are they optimized? Do I have the details in them? Did I set it up for search?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that's a really critical point because, I mean, we've all, those of us that have been around a while, like we remember 9-11, we remember uh, the Mm -hmm. mortgage crisis in 2008. This one's different, but it's also very similar, right? It's just gonna make some change, but we're gonna get through it. Every, we're right. going to get there. We're going to come out the other side. And if we look back, the companies that made took the opportunity to invest in themselves, in their people, to re, you know go back to the basics and block and tackle and rebuild the foundations, those are the ones that came out of those situations screaming to the top, right? And the ones exactly. that sat there paralyzed were the ones that eh, maybe limped along for a while or in some cases faded away. I that's off on a whole different... It's obviously a passion point for me, but it's, it's a whole different topic on leadership and what people should be doing. But when we think about the website, so we're talking about it as if somebody comes to it. But if I'm an outbound sales rep, if I'm if I'm an AE, if I'm a prospecting individual, there's a lot of stuff on a website I can leverage. And mm-hmm. so there's the journey of someone finding me through a Google search or seeing a piece of content that marketing put out. How do you recommend that, that sales reps push or leverage the content that's on the website to ideally get people to come into that journey at a point where it's going to be beneficial to them instead of just kind of like Kaleidoscope blasts of information.
0: Yeah. I, so that is coming back. So let's go going back to our personas and those buyer journeys, that people are going through uh, what we've done with clients and what I've done in previous life is create playbooks for those users yep. and say, Base, based on this user, this is the content we have that is going to be helpful and relevant. And I think the key thing is is that being helpful. I like to say, we, you know, my personality is, is rubbed off on the team at Yoko is, I describe myself as being pathologically helpful. So if you <laughs> call me up with a question, I am more than willing to spend an hour and a half on the phone talking to you about your problem and we'll, and we'll troubleshoot. I'm just that kind of guy. Yep. As a result, like, like the sales cycle really isn't a sales cycle when you're helpful like that. True. Okay. So what are the ways as a sales rep that you can be helpful and say, Oh, you're having this problem. Here's an article with the ways on how to configure this and do this going through that, boom, boom, boom. This actually just happened to me this past week. We have uh, with our hosting platform that we use for our websites, we had a question about what happens if there's exponential traffic. I got connected with the sales rep and they said, Hey, we have a product. Here's listing the product and here's a, here's three blog posts about it and here's what I recommend in that order, and boom. And like, I had what I needed. I actually never had to talk to the sales rep to buy the thing I needed to add onto our account. Right. Because they were they were helpful and they said, oh, this is the problem you're having. Here's, here's how we have that. So, having those playbooks and having that content queued up so you don't have to go looking for it, yeah. I, that's where marketing can, can help out the sales team and say, oh yeah, we have this information. Here's your playbook. Oh, we published a new article. Let's add it into the playbook. If you have a question about this, here you go.
1: Yeah, I love it. The, the key point there though is the, is the helpful, right? And you mentioned yeah. it earlier, like we need to get out of our heads. A lot of websites are all like me, 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 me. Look at me, I'm so cool. Nobody likes those people at parties. Nobody likes nope. those people in the virtual world either. And especially in sales and marketing, you need to be able to focus on what's gonna be important to the individuals you're trying to help. That's all we're trying to do. We're all trying to solve problems, give them information at the right time. And the website becomes a, a critical element of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tell clients all the time. No, no one cares about you. So when, so, <laughs> so when someone when someone's someone is coming to your site, they don't care about you. They don't care about your leadership team. They don't care about that. They have a problem that they're looking to solve. Yep. And help them solve that. And Absolutely. then you can you know that information is going to be in the qualifying phase. Yeah. So I you know I'm hooked. I, you know I'm in. Then I then I look at that stuff, but help solve that problem first.
1: Well, and it builds it builds uh, trust and credibility and rapport. It it puts you in a yep. different position than the typical unfortunate sales cycle or marketing cliches that we see out there. This is a human to human interaction, ideally, and yep. so we want to be able to enable that. And the tech allows that. But if all we're doing is talking about us, marketing about us, sharing content about us with our agenda in mind it really narrows your field of ability to connect to business opportunities and or other individuals
0: it really does i mean like you know the boring stuff i see that people do out there is like their news section or their blog posts or it's just a series of press releases right. like oh yay oh we signed a deal we have a contract we announce new features <laughs> blah boring you know that, yeah. that, that's, that's part of my language that's bullshit that, that's not yeah. helpful The only people you're talking to are your investors and maybe a few analysts. But your customers, they don't care about that. Your new customers are like, your new prospects are, you know, I'm stuck. How do I manage a remote team? How do I work distributedly? How do I get new leads? Those are the questions that people have.
1: Yep, absolutely. And it's, it's interesting to me because I always tell when we work with sales teams, especially outbound prospecting teams, like nobody woke up and said, oh, I hope this company cold calls me today. Nobody, nobody does that. They wake up and go, oh shit, I got this problem I gotta solve, and that's what they're focused on. So let's use the personas, reverse engineer the personas so that we can attack and go after and show them how we can help them solve problems that they're facing. Show them we know them in some ways. Awesome, awesome. All right, so tell me about how you ended up at Yoko. What, what, where, tell me the story. how did we get to, cause we've talked to Chris, Chris has been on before. So we'd awesome. love to understand, you know, the path to, to Yoko for you.
0: Okay. So, um, I, uh, I was a marketing director in a company, which I realized wasn't the great, the best fit. And I came home at the end of a very stressful day and I'd taken that position cause I wanted to do something a little differently. I'd been working in a company that exclusively websites for associations. So okay. I, which I love working with associations. I'm very passionate about working that within that industry. Side note, there are so many associations. There's literally an association for associations. <laughs> and I'm a very active volunteer in that. So, okay. anyways, that's a little metaphor for you. But I'd wanted to do more. I'd wanted to do some nonprofit healthcare B2B work and stuff like that. And so, I came home at the end of a stressful day, and a mutual friend of Chris's mine uh, shared a post. Chris was posted looking for a digital strategist. and uh, her name is Maddie Grant. Uh, has a company called uh, Workplace, and um, we've known each other for a while. And she's like, "Oh my god, you and Chris would get along so great!" And I, I have to admit, from my first conversation with them, I, I felt like I met my marketing soulmate. Nice. Like, it was like he had me at hello. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. Just, Chris is Chris is a good guy for sure.
0: Yeah, just just that philosophy about you know. Attaching value, being helpful—the reasons we do our work. You know, for any of your listeners that have heard Chris before and have seen our company, you know, we work exclusively with companies that have a mission beyond profit.
1: Yes. And that are
0: giving back. So obviously, nonprofits and associations, but we are for-profit companies. How are you making this world a better place? Yeah. And for us, that is—it's um, a reason to get up and work, come to work in the morning, and it's a reason our entire team is passionate about what we do because we're ultimately helping people help the world.
1: Yeah. Well, and it changes the type of people that you attract, the quality of the services that you can deliver. I mean, Kristen, I got into this too, but I mean, just that, that vision and mission of it being beyond profit. Like I, I love that phrase beyond profit because it, it for so long, we've we've told ourselves we have to look at just the numbers. Yeah. When it's much more than that, it's the impact that we're having, and and so it really resonates with me, and and greatly respect that that mission as well. So congratulations on on being being there and Thanks. being part of the Yoko Dana. crew. Um, yes. So when? Up, oh, go ahead. I, I
0: was gonna say li- LinkedIn told me this morning uh, four years ago is when I connected with Chris on LinkedIn. So it's like our four years ago today. LinkedIn, today, yeah, it's ah. like our LinkedIn it's our LinkedIn anniversary. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. <laughs> all right. So when, when our audience listens to this, what are the two things you want them to take away and remember about websites and or Yoko or, or you? What, what are the two big takeaways you want them to have?
0: Yeah, I think first of all is the fact that understand how important your website is in your, in your sales cycle, now, now even more than ever, and making sure that you're investing properly in it. A lot of companies look at the website as I like I said earlier, I have to do this or it's a cost center, so on and yeah. so forth. It is it is a tool that requires investment and active management. You can't just set it up and leave it and think it's nothing to happen. So, you know, that active management I think is that that's a really important thing. And then like we were talking about, look at your content strategy. Having a helpful content strategy is so key. Know what you're publishing and why, and make yep. that commitment to doing it. And it does—it doesn't have to be hard. There, right. You know, a lot of people get in their heads like, "I can't sit down and write a blog post." Well, can you talk into the camera for five minutes? <laughs> Yeah. You know, we, we both know salespeople can do that for 30, 30, 45, years. <laughs> yeah, right. often too right? long, often too long. so can you, can you make a few points into a camera for a few minutes? Great. That's content. Right? Can you, can you curate some content from other places? Again, back to being helpful and making that commitment to do yeah. that. Love that's
1: it. Really all important. right. So let's change direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions at the end of each interview. The first is simply, as a revenue executive, that makes you a, a prospect or a target yes. for a lot of sales. So you're getting hit, I'm sure, a lot with people that wanna get in front of you. So mm-hmm. when somebody doesn't have a referral, which is the easiest way, in, it's like trusted referral, kind of like the story with you mm-hmm. and, and Chris. But when somebody doesn't have a referral, how do they do something that captures your attention, builds credibility, and allows them to earn the right to
0: get time on your calendar?
1: How does that work most
0: effectively for you? So two ways, um, one is, tell me something I don't know. Okay. Like bring something truly new information like, hey, have you seen this trend or this is something that's going on, bringing that information in. And I think the second part is have a personality and have a real authentic, well-written personality. Yep. We say that things like grammar counts and so on and so forth, but something with a bit of personality, I, I'm gonna read through that. Right. You know, one of the examples that sticks in my head, my oldest is uh, graduating from high school this year, so when uh, they were doing all the college letters were all coming in, there was a school in McAllister College mm-hmm. in St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm going to give them a shout out for their marketing efforts because every other as a marketer, I saved like every one of those emails that came in, <laughs> and it's like it's like someone took a template, and they were all the same, and every piece of direct mail looked the same and Mcallister's was literally "Dear student they, they use my kid's name I won't put their name out okay. another, but your first name, blah, 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 top rate of school, blah, 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 delightful campus, blah, blah, and literally said, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it was, I mean, those were the words. I was like, oh my God, like you, you get where the, you know, like these students are getting bombarded with information and you had some personality. Like I yeah. saved it. They're not going to school there anyway, but that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it stood out.
0: But it's, it, definitely... it stood out, you know, it's, it's little things like that. It's. That well-crafted email, with a bit of personality that makes a connection with someone, yep. that's personalized. I'll read it, and if I'm interested, I'll follow up. And if not, I'll be like, "Hey, you know, not really interested, but great email. Please keep me on your list because I, I, I'd like to learn more over time." Nice. And and as a marketer, I will at least, I at least will give someone the courtesy of saying, "Add me as a marketing qualified list." You know, right. prospect, put me on your list. At least, you know. I, I give people the courtesy of that rather yep. than just saying unsubscribe.
1: <laughs> Perfect. All right, last question. Call it our acceleration insight. If there's one thing you could tell sales, marketing, professional services people, one piece of advice that if they listened, you believe would help them crush their targets, what would it be
0: and why? We said it earlier around being helpful, but I think in this, era, in this time and place of what we're dealing with, authentic empathy yes. is, going be, is going to be real. Yeah. Don't don't cue the piano music and the slow movement, and please don't use a phrase in these trying times. <laughs> you know, right. but having that authentic empathy of like, hey, what what are you dealing with? How can I help? And also, and, and within within that authentic empathy, sometimes saying, maybe I'm not the right solution for you. Here's someone I would take a look at, and having that emotion, that real connection. Right. Is, is going to crush it and people will keep on coming back
1: Yeah, and I love it.
0: You'll at least keep that conversation going.
1: Yeah. Could not, could not agree more. Could not agree more. All right. Ray, if, if a listener's interested in learning more about these topics or talking to you, connecting to you, where do you want us to send them?
0: Yeah. Obviously, uh, great. Thank you. Um, our website is www.yoko.com. My email address is Ray at yoko I'll also say I am very search engine optimized. I'm the only Ray Van Hilst in the country, so <laughs> feel free to Google me and find me. Um, and uh, love to connect and chat with people. And like I said, I'm pathologically helpful. I'm, you know, bring me your bring me your marketing problems. I was, I'm always willing to have a chat about it. So,
1: perfect. All right, Ray, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be on the show. It's been great having you.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
1: All right, everybody. That does it for this episode. You know the drill. Check it out at b2brevexec.com. Share it with friends, family, coworkers. Everybody has a lot of time on their hands right now. So really, you should do that. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review on iTunes. Until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.